Welcome to Essential, a podcast dedicated to communication at work in the 21st century. I'm Stacey Epstein, CEO of Zinc. We host guests from a variety of places, including academics, analysts, writers, and users of modern communication technology. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Sumer Duda from the Service Council. Welcome, Sumer. Hi, Stacey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I've known Samara for quite a while, uh, back when I was at ServiceMax, which is now GE. We worked together on quite a few projects, and I always enjoy our conversations together. You have great insights into market dynamics, and I feel like with every conversation, I learn more from you. So let's start by you telling our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up as an analyst in the service market. Yeah, thank you, Stacey. And uh, I think both of us are quite passionate about field service and mobile workers. And I think it's a it's always a great conversation to learn about what's happening in the space. Um, I've been covering the space now as an analyst. Gosh, now that I think back, it's been it's been 15 years of uh, studying how companies are empowering, if you will, their field resources and resources being mostly people, of course, for this parts and vehicles as well. And um, I've always been an analyst of sorts. I was much more of a financial analyst before, but when the opportunity came for me to begin to study how companies are transforming, not only field service, but thinking about overall customer service, I jumped at that opportunity and have been uh, for a while now. I currently work at the Service Council where we're trying to bring all of these leaders of service together to share, to exchange ideas. much like I'm doing today, of course, sharing some of our research and ideas. We're trying to build a community uh, along with folks like Zinc and others, a community of informed executives, if you will, who are beginning to take service forward, if you will, as opposed to some of the older thinking around service uh, back in the day. So again, really always happy to share. Um, You know me, Stacey, I'm always happy to talk about the topic and uh, excited to get to some of the questions. Yeah, great. I am as well. So let's start, and, and I'll touch on some of the stuff you just talked about in your introduction. S- services teams have been focusing on improving their workflow and their processes for decades, always looking for that extra impact area that they can uncover. Better scheduling, better parts logistics, better customer management systems. In fact, I know some of your recent research conducted by the Service Council, utilization levels are at around 71%. Why do you think that is and and what can be done to improve it further? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I guess I'd like to think about it in in multiple ways. Um, I think what we're beginning to see is uh, a change in the way people look at field service from a mentality of essentially getting people to work. So that was the older mentality, and now is about getting work done. And it's a, it's a subtle shift, but I think what we're beginning to see is there has been a great amount of investment, as you talked about, in improving, to a certain extent, productivity of you know more tasks per day and utilization of, of your time, so productive time over total time. And I think the metric of utilization is extremely important. And there are certain industries where, you know, a percentage tick in, in utilization can mean a, a significant amount from a dollar point of view. But what, what we're really beginning to see is, is um, 
you know, there is a limit to utilization. You, you can't be at 100% utilization. It is very expensive to be at 100% utilization. You need to begin to balance out things like idle time versus overtime and, and technician burnout. And so there's an ideal state of utilization that can be achieved. And I think more and more so what we've seen is some of the back-end efficiencies that were built in through things like scheduling. You know, companies have begun to accomplish that and have actually achieved some of those benefits. Now it's really more so on the front-end empowerment where the big changes are going to take place. So if a company is looking at their utilization numbers, we find that top performers are typically in that 80 to 90% range. Uh, we do see the companies on average at about 71% looking to drive in that you know, mid-70s at least. Um, but you do need to take utilization as, as one of multiple metrics of field service performance. And you need to think about a balanced scorecard around productivity, utilization, efficiency, and first-time fix, and potentially things like the experience that the technician is delivering to the customers. Um, so I... I I honestly think that utilization is now one of multiple metrics that companies are going to be looking at from a field service performance point of view. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I I think, and you and I worked on some of this together back at ServiceMax, there's, it's a variety of, of parameters and, and processes and areas where you can impact and and uh, that focus on the pro the workflow and the processes has been very successful but now we do need to think about what are the next areas of digital transformation and where can we continue to make an impact beyond just looking at utilization and, and the process and, and workflow. Certainly at Zinc, we believe that communication done well inside a field services function really greases the wheels for workflow and knowledge and gives even that next layer of impact all the way down at the field level. So do you agree that communication is one of the next waves of digital transformation for field service teams? I definitely think communication is extremely important in terms of a communication strategy plan. And of course, the technology enables communication. Uh, we've been doing a study on the topic of digital transformation. And uh, we found that about six out of 10 service leaders that we talked to either agree or strongly agree that collaboration and cross-functional partnership is extremely important in promoting a digital transformation and supporting a digital transformation across your service enterprise. Now, promoting collaboration and cross-functional partnerships, communication is, is essential to all of that. And um, I think when we talk about the term digital transformation, the one thing that does irk me is, in a lot of companies we're thinking about just you know pure technology potentially and or sort of the customer enablement piece or the customer understanding piece of digital transformation. And don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those, those are probably, if, if I were to think about digital transformation around four pillars, those would be two of the essential pillars as well. I, I really do believe though, a lot of it, as you start thinking about technology, a lot of it comes into play around worker enablement. And I don't think, and I don't see enough being spent on the topic of worker enablement in terms of driving that better uh, customer experience. And of course, essential to worker enablement is something like communication. You can think about things like employee engagement. You can think about all of the different things that are maybe a more traditional HR or HR tech function would support. But these are things that are extremely important. And I, I think one of the core tenants, if you will, of any organization's digital transformation moving forward. 
Yeah, I find that stat that you quoted so interesting, six out of 10. So you said six out of 10 believe that, was it collaboration? Can you repeat the stat for me? Yeah, six out of 10 either agreed or strongly agreed that collaboration and or cross-functional partnership. So, you know, different teams working together, not just addressing a customer as this is their service problem or marketing problem or a sales problem. They strongly agreed or agreed that those two factors were essential as part of their digital transformation. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, it shows some maturity around, you know, digital isn't just about, um, you know, enabling a process with technology. It's really about thinking of your organization and the structure of your organization to support the realities of today where I as a customer, you as a customer, all of us as customers, consumers, and business owners, we have multiple modes to share information, share data, provide insight, provide knowledge. And how can you as an organization take advantage of that? And um, if I may, I know we're going down sort of a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but um, I mentioned the study on digital transformation. And uh, one of the, we asked the, one of the questions we asked was, you know, how would you as a business leader in service uh, define digital transformation? And um, one of the definitions that we pulled, uh, and I wanted to read it out here, came down into it means, and it being digital transformation, means having the ability to create and deliver more customer value that can be attained without technology. It also means being able to better quantify the real value of services that are often simply implied. Um, and I thought that's really powerful to begin to think about. It is customer value that's being delivered, and it's making sense of all of this data and information to communicate that value to the customer. And in, in a lot of instances, the person or people delivering that value are those on the front lines. Yeah, you, you're making a point I was going to make about, uh, about the 6 and 10, which I agree shows some maturity, but I also want to know what the other four out of ten are thinking about. That's what jumps out to me. And, you know, I spent a lot of time reading about field service and going to field service shows. And, and, and I'm always struck by how much focus there is on, well, if I can get a scheduling app that makes my drivers only take right turns on their route. Just think of the productivity I'm going to squeeze out of the organization where if, if, if the four out of 10 of you that are not thinking about getting real-time communication and collaboration to your, to your front line, like the, the, the opportunity for quote digital transfer transformation is, is big. And then going to the second half of what you were talking about with the, the, the question and questions and answers in your survey, um, this concept of collective intelligence. And, and and I do think there's a distinction between collaboration and communication, right? And sometimes, to me, collaboration is we're all working together on one either issue or opportunity, right? And sometimes you've got these lone field service technicians. They don't need three other technicians to drive to where they are and all put their hands on the same problem. They just need some knowledge that either another person or even a system might have, and they need it in real time. And, and that's where, to me, communication even extends beyond collaboration and really 
gets to that enablement that you're talking about. If they don't have the knowledge because they're new or it's a problem they've never seen before, there's probably an answer and there's a way to enable and equip them with that knowledge. But without proper communication, it's pretty hard to get that intelligence to them in real time to solve the issue. I would... I would I would definitely agree. I, I do see the line between collaboration and communication. I think, of course, to me, communication enables collaboration. Uh, you can't, of course, have collaboration without communication. Um, and I've just recently shared this around communication. I think the sort of the traditional approach is, has been, um, you know, we're just going to rely on, on some sort of technology to say, we're going to give all of this information to everyone. So, you know, in field service, for example, you talked about some of the investments. Uh, we now invest in mobile, and so now it's an opportunity for us to open up the, you know, the, the fire hydrant, if you will, and send all of this information out to our field technicians and field supervisors and field managers. And I think the, the companies that are really mature about it, they see the value of that communication, but they, they can begin to apply some level of context. You know, what is, what is it that that technician needs uh, whether it's at the point of service or they need during their work. What is it that a group of technicians might need? You know, how do you make people aware of uh, and you alert them to something? Or how do you inform them of something? Or how do you help them with something? And you do have to apply some context to it as opposed to just saying, well, now you're mobile, so you should be getting all of this stuff. And that's good enough for you to go fix all these problems. So that's, you know, that has never been the solution. Uh, what, what this opening up mobile does is it takes away some of the paper process that you had and makes it inefficient on a mobile device. Uh, you really have to think about what is it that you're communicating and how. And and if you can begin to think about that, there's extremely powerful tools to enable you to do that. Yeah, interesting. Um, so let's talk about engagement. I think it's, it's another big topic for field service organizations, retention, engagement you know, retaining that great talent that you've spent so much time getting on it and educated. What can organizations do to better engage their their deskless workers and their field-based workers? Well, I it, it is and it, it it's probably not as important of a topic as it should be. And I would encourage anyone listening or any of the the, the, the companies listening, any field service organizations who have you know, journeymen in their workforce, longer term tenure, longer tenured workers and say, well, you know, engagement is kind of a, a touchy feely concept. Uh, we don't really need to spend that time on it. Um, I would argue that there is, is probably one of the most important things that we can begin to do in field service. Um, inherently, of course, you know, field service is is a very, very um, well, I guess in most instances, people out in the field on their own. It's a very, very lonely task and job. And a lot of our research has pointed to, you know, in addition to what, what are some of the things that field technicians don't like? They don't like paperwork when they don't have to do it. They don't like having to look for information. They would rather have it available easily. And the third thing they don't like is they don't like feeling isolated. And, you know, that, that feeling of isolation is difficult because in larger companies, you're geographically dispersed. Or even in a smaller company, you don't get to come to an office per se all the time. And so there is this... Uh, feeling of longingness or uh, connection with the company and the mission of the company. I know we both worked with um, with Steve Nava at Luminex, um, and he and I, we had this conversation about this concept of an open office for field service technicians. It's something that I've actually written about 
the idea and the concept came from him, but I actually went and wrote something about it. And essentially the idea there is to say, is to use the tools that are available now, mobility, you know, communication, collaboration, whatever that may be, but to use the tools that are available now to connect your, your remote resources, your technicians with each other, with, with their colleagues, with their teams, uh, with their service organization, with their goals. Um, and so, you know, Steve was talking about using things like, uh, to a certain extent, gamification, uh, creating a, a situation where technicians can see how others are performing and creating some, some sort of a reward structure tied to that. So again, it, you, you, you begin to establish a little bit of camaraderie. He also, he's opening up technology where, you know, all of the technicians can see um, all of the work that's being handed to the team. So they could potentially step in and assist a technician who's perhaps running behind on their work. And then they're also considering, and this is being used by other technology, other companies as well, is better opportunities for, for technicians to either come together in an office setting or to connect with the leaders of their teams through things like video, um, chat, and or just even recordings to say, you know, here's what we're doing this week. Here's some of the things that the company has done. So it's important and not very expensive for companies to really begin to connect their field technicians with the rest of the organization. And then beyond sort of some of the things that can be done with technology, you have to think about things like mentorship and coaching and collaboration and succession paths. And these are the areas where I think field service organizations have, are really lagging in. I think the ones that are forward thinking are really beginning to establish things like career paths and, and learning modules and, and mentorship programs. And, and if you can begin to do that, it would have incremental impact on, on your company from an engagement and productivity point of view. Yeah, it's so interesting <clears throat> talking about how um, it, it, it maybe isn't valued as much as possible. And having worked in this segment of the workforce for quite a few years now, I, I, um, I do notice a difference between the top leaders of the, of the organization and kind of the, the heads of the functions. And, and I notice a lot of heads of field service, their, their metrics are so much about productivity, utilization, efficiency, performance, customer sat. That's what they're measured by. Um, and so that's what they're focused on. And when you want to start talking about engagement, A, it's hard to measure other than retention. It's hard to measure. Um, but it's also not typically something they're there gold on. Then I had the chance to go to the Fortune Brainstorm Tech Conference last summer, which was you know, basically presidents and CEOs of some of the biggest companies in the world. And mm -hmm. I was pretty blown away. Every single one of them on stage talking about talent. How do I drive my talent? How do I motivate my talent? How do I engage my talent up and down the organization? And and it struck me that at the highest level of the organization, it's it's top of mind, but but when goals are set through the organization, somehow it gets lost. And I I I don't know how to solve the problem, but I 100% agree an engaged workforce will drive all of those other important metrics that everybody's being gold on. So somehow we've got to fix that divide between what the CEO thinks is important and, and what the functional leaders think is important. I was just going to say from a field service point of view, the, every organization has the opportunity, opportunity right now to review 
their talent strategies. Um, a lot of field organizations, traditional ones, are facing you know aging workforce challenges, retiring workforce challenges, and are thinking about the the issue of what does their next workforce look like. And I think if you're if you're looking to appeal to a multi generational workforce, not just a younger workforce, but a multi generational workforce, being able to listen to your workforce and understand their needs, which is you know a central part of engagement. I think you have that opportunity now as an organization to do it. This is your excuse to do it if you haven't been doing it before. Yep, agree. All right, well, we are now to the the end and the fun part of our podcast. This is the rapid fire. We're looking for a quick one word answer here, Samir. So try to follow the rules. First question, this is an easy one. iOS or Android? Android. Oh, wow, okay. Who owns customer upsell, sales or service? And by the way, am I allowed to explain my answers to in, in the one word or is that not allowed? I'll let you. Well, Android, because I just switched to Android and I'm actually enjoying the experience. I used to be an iOS person the entire time. So okay. um, who owns the upsell? I would say, and I'm going to explain my answer to in, in a very short form. Um, Sales owns upsell, uh, but service is owns customer value. Okay, can you elaborate? I, I, I'm not against field service folks, technicians, agents selling. Um, I think the better approach is for the field service agent to be communicating value to the customer, whether that is in identifying opportunities for the customer to get more or in uh, recommending solutions to the customers. If that means that the customer wants to sign something at the point of service, I think that's great. I think enabling them to do that is, is, is good. I do think at the end of the day, though, um, having the, the, the field notify the customer and create some sort of a, uh, a record of that and then sales maybe having a broader discussion of where that fits into the overall customer's plan is why I would say sales owns it, but I think uh, field service or service owns the value discussion. Interesting. Sounds like we could have a whole, a whole nother podcast about that. <laughs> uh, I, okay. I go back and forth. I yeah, do go back and forth. It's a hard one. I actually expected you to say both. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I was interested in your answer. Okay. Last question. What do you think's harder being a lone field service technician or being the supervisor of a group or team of lone field service technicians? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say a supervisor. I, um, I definitely feel, uh, as a loan agent, I, and some of the things we talked about, there's a lot more resources there to, you know, from a learning, from a training, from a knowledge point of view, from a communication point of view, uh, to improve the day in the life. As a supervisor, I think you have to be able to manage multiple personalities, needs, desires, of course, as a typical manager does. But these are personalities who you don't even get to see on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that is probably the much more challenging opportunity. Yeah. I agree with you once again. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was great having you on the podcast. I always love chatting with you about the industry. So thanks again for your time. Well, thank you, Stacey. Thanks to the Zinc team. And if you ever want to have that debate about sales or service, I'm, I'm always up for it. Let's do it.